Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I hope you are getting ready for a nice summer vacation, or if you're in summer vacation, I hope you've been enjoying it. I am here for another jolt of inspiration, whether it's just for fun or just to keep your SLP mind going over the summer months. I'm here with Natasha from I Want to Tell You Books. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Tell everyone about your story and what inspired you to create these books. Well, I am a mom. I am not an SLP myself. I went to school for mechanical engineering and never became an engineer, became a mom instead. (laughs) My son was born with all sorts of complications and his feeding problems and gross motor delays were all blamed on his need for open heart surgery. And once his heart was fixed, none of the other challenges stopped. It was then the feeding clinics began and early intervention began and OT, PT, speech, all of it. Uh, And I knew that there was more to him than just a, a heart that needed to be fixed. We used all of the classic picture exchange communication system and um, he wasn't having it. He wanted nothing to do with it. And I saw his interest in photographs 
as opposed to line drawings. And I saw his interest in the books that you push the button and it says red or yellow or it says animal sounds. And I was like, man, if we could just merge these two worlds with communication system with these toy books, kids would love to use it. And it kind of had an epiphany and felt like, if not me, then who? And that was the start of it all. (laughs) So amazing. How old was your son when he was finally diagnosed? He was three when he had his autism diagnosis. And he was six when he had a genetic disorder diagnosis after three years of pushing um, genetics for their testing. And what year did you create these books? The concept began in 2017 and the prototypes were in my hands in 2018 and in 2019 is when I've had the final copy in mass quantities, (laughs) a container full that we unloaded and it's been very exciting. The first year I went to some different conferences and had vendor booths and we went to OSHA, the Oregon Speech and Hearing Association conference um, with the prototypes and just to kind of see if what we should do, do we want to write the big gigantic check to get all the books or are we on the right track here or not? And we had some different professionals really take a big interest in the books and ask when could they purchase them? And we kind of knew that it was the right thing to do. (laughs) And how did your son react to them? He and my daughter are both in uh, the visual support images on the, on the very first book, because I was using some different imagery and my daughter is the picture for more. And my son is the picture for all done, which is kind of classic of their personalities. Anyhow, Uh, my daughter is just like ready for life. Let's go. And my son is very averse and self-protecting all done. So their, their photos are in there and it's my friend's sister who is the model for the sign language. And so that turned out really, really great. And a friend that was the photographer and it was my aunt and uncle who funded my big project. (laughs) So it was really just kind of like a big family thing. And it was really important to me that children of all shapes, colors, and abilities were featured. The visual support children are all sorts of kids. And it's been fun recently reaching out on Instagram to some pages that the parents are showing their children who have Down syndrome. And in two of the books are images of kids with Down syndrome. So it's been great really making sure that all children are represented in the books. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Congratulations. It's like, thank you to have an idea and be brought to life. I want to know what did your son's speech therapist think of the whole thing? He was such a huge support system. <laughs> I Unfortunately, he did leave the clinic where we were with him for, I think, four years, but we still are in contact. And when I came to him and my son's OT at the time, I said, I have this idea and it fills a gap. And they both were like, you should do this. 
you really need to do this. And so I brought them the prototypes and, and there were a few glitches in the prototypes that they were like, yeah, you got to fix that. <laughs> but it, that's important, right? And then when I had all of the prototypes, I showed it to my friend's kids and my friend's son found another error in one of the books that we had to fix. And it was like, well, I'm so glad that you know the kids... Mm -hmm. These are the ones it's so important that the children are the ones who are receiving this well and use that example with my daughter, who is such a perfectionist. And I tell her, you know, your first draft is not your final draft. (laughs) Look at what I did, for instance. So it's been very, very exciting seeing it come to life. Do you have a favorite one? Yeah. And I have them. Well, I guess the audio. (laughs) And you guys can see all the images on her site and on Instagram. So (laughs) yes. Um, so I love the book about emotions because I think it's so important. I'm, I'm a big advocate for emotional intelligence and incorporating that into a child's education. I think mental health is really important to be taught. You know, it's not just academic. So the, I want to tell you how I feel. I had a preschool teacher recently message me and she teaches a classroom of non-speaking preschool kids. And she said, They were all just having this really hard day, tired and cranky and crying. And so she repeatedly used the, I want to tell you how I feel book. And she was like, I know friends, you're, you feel tired Tired. and everybody's feeling sad. sad. And so she was using it with the kids and she said after everybody kind of recovered and got regulated again, one of the kids who is non-speaking came, picked up the book and brought it to her. I'm sorry. And apologized. (gasps) Yeah, it was like, I, the messages I receive are just, are so moving. I think more than my own personal favorite book, it's really just the favorite messages that I received. Although the, the green book it's, I want to tell you, let's eat. And this one, if we could have had this at, when my son was tiny, it would have helped us so much. It has different categories of meals. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, vegetables, fruit, bread. And on each page has the visual support in their photographs. And this was part of what led to me designing these is my son would pick up the books with the photographs. One in particular had colors and he would show me the yellow page and he would point to the bananas or he would show me the blue page and he would point to the blueberries. And he was so much more apt to use that to communicate with me than our little laminated Velcroed, you know, pictures that we would use instead. And so the, with his feeding problems and oral aversions, it would have been so helpful. And I did create, I had a binder that was strictly food laminated and Velcroed pictures. And so he could flip through the binder. But to me, it was like not every parent or caregiver has the energy, the time, the resources to print photos of foods and create a binder of foods. Um, This is an unreasonable expectation of a parent. So that was um, such a catalyst for the green book is knowing that this is not a reasonable expectation. We can't hope for parents to be doing this. We need something better. So the green book is very important to me, what I would have used with my son at the time. I always tell caregivers to start with the red book because um, it's called, I want to tell you, I love you and more and all done. Of course, we need to be teaching more and all done because it generalizes into everything before 
all other communication words, that was such a huge thing in our house. And my son had mod- simplified sign language because he lacked the fine motor skills. So uh, we had a whole sign language language <laughs> that was all that our family spoke. And then I took photos of it and put the words that he was signing and had on a key ring for teachers and friends so that they would understand his language. With the red book, there's help and potty, uh, play, eat, drink, which, you know, core communication, we need to be teaching these things. But one of the things that is important to me is for the parents, mama and dada are in here, but I love you. I love you is not something that we're necessarily going to be teaching in speech (laughs) therapy, but it's something that the parents need to hear. And it's really important to me that we're giving fuel to the parents Moms need to hear, I love you. And this is another message that I receive often from moms that their child has never been able to communicate, I love you, but they get the books in their home. And, you know, a day or two later, their non speaking, non communicating child is now saying, Mama, I love you. And it's so moving. The messages I received is like they bring me to tears all the time. Uh. Oh, my goodness. That's that's so amazing. And that's so true because it's so hard. Like without the parent there, how do we teach the kid to say, I love you? They don't love me. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it is it's hard it's to- kind of a subjective thing, but it's something that will keep the parents working at it. And that's something else that is so important to me is that we are making it functional in the home. Speech therapy cannot only be happening in our 30, 60 minute session, it needs to be happening at home. And I felt like we needed to make something that a grandparent comes over on the weekend and the grandparent can communicate with the child or the babysitter can do it. And I've another story I've heard from a family who has the books was the older sister and the younger sister. I think they were like seven and two are in the one room and mom's in the other room folding laundry. And she hears this odd voice. Mama, mama, mama. And she's like, what in the world is happening? And she comes into the room and the big sister is teaching the younger sister who you know doesn't have verbal language yet. The big sister has taught little sister. If she pushes the mama button, mom comes in the room. So that immediate cause and effect, you know, big bang for your buck. It's all exciting to me. <laughs> no, that is amazing. And those are all situations where it's so hard for us to do that in our isolated bubble, in a speech room, in a school. I can't teach them, hey, you say mama, she's coming because she's not coming right now if you say it. But that's something that they need to know. They need to know that cause and effect and and how to get their wants and needs heard and met in the home and and how to teach these parents. It's really, it's so important that it's happening at home. We know that to teach AAC, you model AAC. And, you know, I, I always tell parents, if you want your child to learn Spanish, you speak Spanish to them. You don't expect it to just happen from an app or happen at school. If you want to speak Spanish with your child, you learn Spanish and you model it. It's so important that it's happening in the home. So, so true. And we need to keep hearing it and hearing it again and reminding ourselves of the importance. So is there anything else that you feel that SLPs or anyone listening should know from your perspective? I, this is kind of a side note, of course, Assistive communication is so, so, so important, but I think it's really important that professionals 
therapists look at genetics as part of this. It was actually his OT that saw some genetic markers and the geneticist did a microarray and said, well, it's normal. So that's it. And I said, well, I, I feel like there, there's got to be something more. And it took three years and the OT was totally had my back on. And so did the speech therapist. They both said, I think we need to dig deeper. And yeah, it took three years and it took my daughter outgrowing my son for the geneticist to appeal to insurance for a whole exome sequence. And it gave us so much information. Once we had that genetic disorder diagnosis, it kind of made everything make sense. And the information we received, if we had that knowledge sooner, it would have helped. And like with my son, with his genetic disorder speech typically comes around six years old, which we didn't know. And we were 100% on AAC route. He had touch chat and I wiped it clean and rebuilt it. That's something that I hope to create an app. It's my dream <laughs> list. <laughs> but, but you've shown that you uh, can bring things to life. So I, know I, gonna do I, it. <laughs> I really I have the concept in my mind. I just need to like create a Kickstarter to make it happen. <laughs> but it is, I think it's really important that parents have the therapist like advocating for genetic testing and not just accepting an autism diagnosis and a, or a speech delay or feeding problems. Like it could be that there is a medical component to this. It is not just neurological, but there is a medical piece. And I've talked with a lot of moms who did push for whole exome sequencing and they had so much relief knowing a bit more about their child's, their whole case. I think it's important. And it also helps with developmental disability through the state to access resources, which is so important. There's so many resources out there. And I think parents don't know what all they're eligible for. We just received a push chair, which is like a stroller for a big kid. We just received a push chair on a grant based off of my son's disabilities. And it is going to make doctor appointments possible. We're going to be, you know, with eloping, there's always like, why is the child eloping? But we also need to have safety measures. So a push chair for him will help him to be safe and it helps him to be secure. We have some different grants that I've applied for that if we didn't have the developmental disability resources and then the caregiver, the paid caregiver hours, I know it's different per state, but I think it's really important that we are supporting the whole family when the parents are rested and have had a chance to eat their food and take a shower because they have a qualified caregiver in the home assisting. The parents can do a better job. So I think it's really important that we're supporting the whole family so that they can support the child. Your child's going to thrive and blossom in ways that you never expected if the whole family is working together. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story. And so eye-opening, like I didn't even know about the whole caregiver stuff and things that were available and that there were grants available. And I'm going to be going to my social work at my school tomorrow and be like, hey, do you know about all this stuff that we can be, should be uh, informing some of these parents about? So thank you so much. I'm hoping everyone listening is going, oh my gosh, I have to make sure all my families know more of their rights and what's available. Yes. So thank you. Accessing all the resources they can. It makes life doable. You know, they say that for a disabled person, assistive technology doesn't make life easier. It makes life possible. 
So I think it's the same thing for the family. If you are supporting the family, the child's going to blossom naturally. We're not forcing the child to bloom before they're ready. We're just giving it a healthy environment to do so. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing all of this with everyone listening. I hope everyone is probably like inspired, motivated, crying a little bit, smiling, <laughs> thinking of some students that you want to try these books out with. So where can everyone learn more about you and your books and your resources? I share a lot. I've just recently in like the last six months become more active on Instagram. I'm naturally an introvert, (laughs) but that doesn't work with small businesses. So (laughs) I am on Instagram. I want to tell you books and the books are sold exclusively on the website. I want to tell you books.com. We have specials every month. We have special pricing for teachers or professionals who are purchasing in bulk, had worked with some school districts and gotten them great pricing. So it's most important that we just get the books in their hands to get the kids communicating. And I'm always available. I love brainstorming how to use them in your home. So message me. Let's figure it out. Let's get our kids communicating and self-advocating, supporting them in a way to advocate for their own needs. Love it. Love it. So thank you so, so much. This is amazing. And what I wanted to do, I didn't even tell you about this beforehand, but I wanted to do something (laughs) special for the listeners. If you guys head to my Instagram and see my post that promotes this episode, make sure you follow me, make sure you follow Natasha and comment on that post. I'm going to pick someone and I will be sending you a full set of books. So, okay. So, so comment on this post by Friday, whatever Friday's date is. And (laughs) I will (laughs) disclaimer, we're recording this episode a lot sooner. So go to the Friday in June, June. go to the post from Monday and comment on it. And then on Friday, I will tag a winner and send you a full set of books from Natasha. So go ahead ahead and do that and make sure you follow both of us and go check out her site because these books are really awesome. The colors are bright. The pictures are beautiful. Like it's very well done. So thank you so much, Natasha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Always end my episodes with a joke. So what type of markets do dogs avoid? What type? Flea markets. Flea markets. Oh man, I got it. I'm a horrible joke teller, but I'm going to remember that one so my daughter can tell my husband. <laughs> I cheated. There's a joke website on the side. I, 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 I should add that to my son's AAC device too. He has some <laughs> jokes put onto his touch chat. That would be one mm-hmm. you could tell. <laughs> One of my three-year-old's favorite jokes, this is, you guys are getting a bonus joke, and I've probably said this one on the show before, but how do you make a tissue dance? How? Put a oh, little you boogie put a in, boogie it. in it. Put a boogie <laughs> in it. <laughs> my three-year-old is running around telling that joke. I'm like, great. The teacher, her teachers are going to call me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it's appropriate. It's age totally, appropriate. Totally fine. I could have <laughs> I given her some other word, choice words to say, so... <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Natasha. And to everyone listening, I hope you have a great week, a great day and stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, 
It would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.